0: Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast, That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs.
1: We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick.
0: Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic. Found a friend in Toy Story and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully, each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better the movie or the song, or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be
1: held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie.
0: Inconceivable. Inconceivable. Inconceivable! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Inconceivable, season two, episode one. Woo! Woohoo! The excitement is like a solid four out of ten. <laughs> it's, it's palpable.
1: Can we have to give ourselves more credit. It's more than four. Four and a half? Oh, lord. Okay. Maybe I'm not as excited because we got... So what happened was I was so excited about all the stories I had planned for season one that we started recording, like, two at a time, if not three in the same day. Yeah. A couple times.
0: And now we're caught up, basically.
1: Yeah, so now I'm currently reading the very last story that I actually have planned. I have a list of ideas that I need to do all the research and Googling for, but this is just the last full story that I have.
0: Flushed complete.
1: out. So maybe I'm less excited because I don't really have... Like, I don't know what I have in store for the rest of season two.
0: It's a mystery for us and mystery. for you. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to do, but this mystery that plagues me and you. But together, I know we'll see it through.
1: Yeah. Dr. Seuss? Dr. Seuss. Interesting.
0: Or, or, you know, scoff, 2020. Yeah. Attribute it. Copyrighted. Copyrighted. (laughs) Copyrighted.
1: Um, So, I think a lot of people, including yourself, might have heard of some of the details of this case before. Okay. But I'm going to, like, lay it all out, everything I was able to find in my research in several different areas. Okay. So that maybe there's some things you haven't heard. Um, but, yeah, I think it'll be an interesting one.
0: Let's do it. I like interesting.
1: I should... Oh, I should do my shout-out. Do your shout-out. Who have I shouted out?
0: Uh, You've shouted at many people.
1: Oh, dear. I should have a list, and I'm, like, crossing off as I go. Um, okay. Let me just quickly run through my. So we did Drink Drunk Dead. Go check them out. We did Studying Scarlet. Go check them out. We did Yield Crime. And we did Last Not Meet. Yes. Okay. So... I next want to give a shout out to So Horrified. I didn't mention them to you yet either. No,
0: I haven't heard this um,
1: one. And these, this couple of hosts, they when I first listened, I was like, wow, they sound like legit radio hosts, you know, like just. This of, breaking news. No, seriously, like some, just the way something about their personalities and the way they spoke, they just sounded. Very at ease and very professional, almost as if they had been doing this a while longer. Yeah, that, than makes, maybe that some, makes sense. Yeah. Then maybe some of us more indie podcasts who are just recording in our basement with our cats. Um, Not us.
0: We have a whole studio. Like, it's it's gorgeous. There's there's like buttons no and gonna stuff. Buy that. Um, and it even has like a record thing. It's, you know, it's we have the best stuff. It's um,
1: No one is going to buy that.
0: It's the illusion,
1: it's inconceivable.
0: Ha <laughs> ha That's my line. First I know, off.
1: I stole it. You
0: stole it, you're a thief. Um,
1: yeah, go check out So Horrified because I I've only listened to a couple, but I just really enjoyed because we have recently been watching quite a few thriller, even kind of moving into the horror genre films. Yeah, it's like and, our
0: new niche.
1: Yeah. And basically what they do is they point out all the annoying things that you notice when you're watching those movies. You know? Like when we watched Hush the other day. Oh my gosh. And I was like, let me move to this other window and watch him for 30 more seconds. And then I'm going to see if I can see something different from this window. And I'm going to move to about five more windows and just watch him instead of running.
0: We're going to segue for a minute here to talk about this movie. Because I've now decided this. Uh, we are. Because I need a minute.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: For any of you who have seen the movie Hush, it's not great.
1: No, okay. don't. No, I let me finish. Let me finish. Oh,
0: damn it. I, wait, wait, wait. It's not that it's horrible. The problem is there's a lot of cool ideas, and then it just goes out the window. You're like, hey, you know the, the fan art or whatever? It's a creep. By the way, spoilers abound up ahead for Hush. It's like, hey, you know that the creepy poster we're using for it with like the mask? Yeah, we're going to ditch that in the first 15 minutes. He's not going to have that anymore. Hey, you know this weird kind of cool concept that she's got like voices in her head? That director? Yeah, you're going to see that a grand total of twice. Only once is it useful. Hey, you know that you're in the middle of nowhere and in theory you could run away because the dude's weapon is just a crossbow. Something that takes ages to reload. Yep. No, we're not going to do that. Hey, you know that clear opening when he was fighting somebody else where you could have gone and helped? No, we're not going to do that. It's just... It's what hard. are you
1: talking about? She's deaf. She couldn't hear... She
0: us. could see them fighting. Who? When? when? Uh, the other dude came, and then he got oh, stabbed in the neck. Oh, that's not like, the beginning. No, that's towards the end, but she's, like, watching them fight. Yeah, and it's she is. like, go help. Yep. Like, I don't know.
1: Anyways. Um, I want to end the segue pretty quickly, but I will say that every time we looked up, like, Metacritic scores or reviews, everybody else in the universe seems to love this movie. I did not. I thought it was stupid.
0: I don't get it. Anyways, moving on from our daily I'm trying,
1: rant. I'm trying to give a shout out to So Horrified. Anyway, so all of those crazy things that you hear in your head when you're watching a horror film and you're like, no, what are you doing? You're being stupid. Yeah. You're like pointing out all of the, the horrible parts of it. You know, would that's you basically the, what this podcast is. Would you
0: say the horrifying parts of it?
1: Yes. Okay. I would. Awesome. That's what I did intentionally. Were you not catching on? Anyways. No, I didn't. Ca- I, no. Anyways, that's part of their title, So Horrified, is that what they're horrified at is not the film, but how horrible the movie is.
0: I, I see. I'm picking you up know? What, you're, um, what you're putting down there, slugger.
1: So, yeah. Anyways, I found it really enjoyable because horror films, I think, and thrillers are notorious for just having these stupid-ass moments. That...
0: I feel like they, like they can be the worst genre for Plot holes. Yeah. Or just like common sense holes. Yes. Where you're common like,
1: sense holes is the right term.
0: You know, you're like, okay, I totally get what you're doing, but this doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's a YouTube channel that I'm gonna call out. I realize it's not a podcast, but it does similar thing. Mm-hmm. And he's great, it's found flicks.
1: Found flicks.
0: He does ending explains for movies that are just specifically horror movies that make no sense whatsoever. Okay. It's literally just him pointing out, like, okay, this doesn't make a goddamn, like, lick of sense. Let's try to explain what's happening. Okay. Bye.
1: So, go check out So Horrified. If you ever are watching, you know, these kinds of films and you're cringing internally or you think that you could handle the situation loads better than these dumbass people, yeah, it's fun. Check it out. And funny. Fun and funny. So, moving on to our actual story. We're so sorry Mm. that our segues were so long. I'm not. Um.
0: He's not. The categories of me.
1: Uh yeah, I did want to introduce. I have to do another segue. I'm sorry. I just started reading my notes.
0: We're gonna have like a fleet of segues.
1: I'm sorry. I just wanted to introduce season two by saying that I have a particular goal, and you know what this goal is. I
0: know what the goal is. Um,
1: which is that I have always I enjoy stories of any kind, but as a you know, a couple of people from Canada, it is sort of annoying when um,
0: every other story is like the US the or Canada or
1: when when stories are dominated by just one part of the world, I can I, I just personally find that you know, a little frustrating I want to hear about international stories because crazy things happen everywhere not just the US So,
0: Believe it or not, the U.S. does not have a patent on crazy shit. (laughs) I know it might be hard to believe, but weird things do happen in other parts, and that's what we try to highlight.
1: So, my goal for all of you listeners, because I'm especially looking for more listener stories, or even just recommendations for stories that are harder to find, because, granted, the reason a lot of stories come from the U.S. is because they're so easy to find. It's hard to find stories from, like, Afghanistan. Anyway, at least for the um, for
0: our version, like well, yeah, for
1: for our topic, because I've been starting with the A's, yeah, and going through Afghanistan, Algeria, those places, and I just I'm really struggling, really struggling. Anyways, so we want to talk about as many countries as possible, and our goal throughout the entire series is to hit. I mean, I feel like it might be impossible to hit every country, but to knock off as many countries as we can, so that we've talked about international stuff.
0: It'd be kind of fun to go alphabetically. What's the last country?
1: I don't know. I I told you I'm starting with A. I haven't even gotten past Afghanistan because I can't find a story from there. Interesting. What? on. I'm trying here.
0: You're trying. I'm 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 saying it's Uzbekistan.
1: Because
0: I'm going to say New Zealand is actually like new, like N.
1: Alright.
0: So that's that's my guess. I'm probably wrong. Off the top of my head. Anyway, Zimbabwe.
1: Oh, yeah. Is that a country? I think so. Anyways, moving on.
0: Moving on. Finally to the meat and potatoes. I'm so
1: sorry. So our story for today is about Jim Lewis and Jim Springer. And maybe those names don't jump out or maybe they sound a bit familiar, but you're going to pretty quickly catch on to this story because it's a pretty common story. All right. I think you know. Uh, This takes place in 1979. And we are starting with Jim Lewis, who is 39 years old at the time. Okay. Um, so he... We're focusing on pretty much the later years of his life. Because he lives 39 years of his life. It's perfectly average. You know, nothing too exciting to talk about. And then there's just this twist of fate that is both scientifically baffling and eerily fascinating. Are you ready? I'm ready. So... It was common knowledge, I guess, to him and his family that he was adopted. Because um, his adoptive mother would talk about it.
0: It was just an open... Yeah, of-
1: like it just... Yeah, it was a relatively open thing. Um, and she mentioned, I guess, at some point, that when she went to the judge to finalize all the adoption paperwork, she overheard someone mention a fascinating detail that, uh, quote, the other baby had also been named James. So Jim, obviously, in this case, is short for James. Yeah. Um, and so...
0: So they were twins, I assume. Yes. Separated at birth, and they both end up getting named James.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, I wrote in brackets, coincidentally, two adoptive parents. I don't know what that means. Um. Sorry? What are you? I don't know. I just wrote in back brackets. Coincidentally, two adoptive parents. But anyways, the what is the coincidence here is not just that they're both named James, but like the adoptive parents, I guess, ended up in the same area at the same time, so she could just perfectly yeah, overhear we'll hear this. Yeah, that. So that's the thing. Um, and this random passing comment that she might have easily missed is what drove Jim Lewis to try and go find his identical twin. Um, apparently. The other twin, who is also 39, obviously, um, Jim Lewis, thought his twin was dead this whole time. Okay. So, Jim... Oh my god, I'm getting you confused. You meant
0: James. Well, the yeah. The other twin thought Sorry, Jim... Was Jim...
1: Dead. Oh my god. Uh, Well, they're both named James. I know, and that's nickname what makes is this
0: super freaking hard. I'm just
1: getting confused. So, sorry, Jim Lewis is the one whose mom knew about it. I guess the other twin... ...is the one who thought he was dead.
0: Call him Thing 2. Thing 1 and Thing thing (laughs) 2.
1: I'm sorry if I confuse our listeners. Um, So anyways... Lewis... ...who finds out... um, ...you know, about the twin... ...from an early age, but he... ...you know, this comment that he just learns about... ...is what drives him to try and make contact... ...he calls the probate court... ...for a record of adoption... ...and he contacted Jim Springer... ...the other guy... Yeah. um, contacted their family in Piqua? Piqua? Sure. I don't know. We live in Canada, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, And he recounts, quote, I came in one day and had this message to call Jim Springer. <clears throat> so apparently when the actual um, I don't know if it was a call. It must have been a phone call. Um, so when they actually talk for the first time, one with the other instead of just passing messages. Yeah. Apparently he just got so excited and basically just blurted out, Are you my brother?
0: <laughs> just like, Hey, how you doing? This is, uh, Jim. You know, I was hoping we could, Are you my brother? Pretty much. Do you want to meet up? I have Pokemon cards. We never traded those as kids. Did you watch Batman? I saw Batman. Do you have my Legos? <laughs> it's how most twin brothers talk to okay. each other. Okay.
1: Anyways, I, say that I imagine...
0: Heavy, not being a twin. Well,
1: yeah. Um, I imagine the conversation was a somewhat more adult version of that, basically.
0: A more adult um, version of that? Hey,
1: have you seen my new car? It's got the wheels yeah, at the Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Anyways. That's how
0: adults um, talk.
1: So, I mean, but something... They must have... You know, Jim Springer, who's just getting this, you know... You know, in the face, are you my brother? Thing, yeah, must not have been too taken aback because four days later they actually did meet in person for the first time. Okay, so at first they're just kind of talking. They, I mean, the first guy knew from, for a while that they had the exact same name, but they start to compare other qualities about themselves and they share a lot of qualities. Okay, you know, um, so at first. They're kind. They're explainable twin traits and habits that are fairly easily explained. So they both get tension headaches. They're prone to nail biting. They smoke the same cigarette brand and beer. Um, they vacationed on the same Florida beach. Little things. Yeah. And it's like stuff like your your tastes. So drinking and smoking the same things. That to me makes perfect sense if you're Um, getting tension headaches, I imagine if it's some sort of genetic factor that contributes, (laughs) that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Even
0: the Florida beaches, to me, I can see, like, I don't know how many beaches there are in Florida. A lot. But but depending on where you live, and if it's in, like, the one of the top ten most popular, I think that's probably relatively Uh, common.
1: Anyway. So, it's it's all fairly explainable. Yeah. They're like, oh, wow, cool. You know, we're twins, we like some of the same stuff. Neat. Um... Here's where I wrote. They grew up 40 miles apart from one another. Oh. Lima and Pica. Sure. I'm so sorry. I hope we have American listeners who know where these places are. I really should Google these when I'm writing them. You should. It's kind of
0: funny.
1: I'm sorry. Again, I'm trying to do international stories, not just stories from Canada where I know where everything is. So I don't think it's too important to the story. no. They grew, close they grew together. up. They grew up forty miles apart. Um, so the name being the same and some other stuff may be like a little bit unsettling. Here's when they start talking about other things and it becomes um, borderline creepy.
0: Go. Cool.
1: Are you ready? Both had beloved childhood dogs. Both of them were named Toy.
0: That's weird. Toy is not a common name. It's not name. a common
1: name. If they had both Spike, named their dog, yeah. Buddy. But Toy.
0: Toy is weird, yeah.
1: That, I don't see them just coincidentally, like, that's just baffling to me. Um, in terms of school, they both excelled in math and woodwork, and they both sucked at English and spelling. That, again, to me, just is, you know... Like
0: you could explain a little bit of that I think, genetics. I is... think there's a
1: genetic factor. Like my right. dad's an engineer; we are all good at math. That is just a, a thing. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, they both marry uh, their first wife, a woman who is named Linda. Both name a Lin- Both marry a Linda.
0: But Linda's got it.
1: Both get divorced to that Linda.
0: No more laying with Lindas.
1: No. They both proceed to marry a second woman. Both are named Betty.
0: They're in bed with Betty's, Kate. Okay.
1: Both had sons. Both of them named their sons James Allen. What? Yes, I'm not kidding. The only thing is that Lewis spelled it A-L-A-N and Springer spelled it A-L-L-A-N. That is legit the only difference. What? Yeah.
0: That's weird.
1: First wife, are you sure? same name. Second wife, same name. Son, same name.
0: Are you sure these are actually two different people and God didn't, like, hit copy-paste? Ha. And just...
1: Ha. <laughs> it is creepy. Admit it. That's pretty it's weird. so weird.
0: Like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, if, like, you were saying, like, the, the same names. I'm like, okay, statistically, James is a fairly common name. I could argue that, you know, quinky-dinks happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, they both marry a Linda. It's like, okay, you know, that's two quinky dinks. Again, relatively common name. Same with Betty, relatively common. But, you know, it's it's like um, when you're looking at probabilities, you have to multiply them together. Yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. the chance of you, like, flipping a quarter and it being heads is 50%. Mm-hmm. The chance of you doing it twice is 25%. Mm-hmm. Right? Three times, it, you know, it just keeps going down because... Yeah. It's unlikely. And that that's a lot of stuff. Even the kids' names, like Jesus. Yeah.
1: Dog, both wives and son, all same name. Creepy. It's weird. Uh they both are heavy smokers and we mentioned that they like the same brand. Yep. They both drove a light brew Chevrolet.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: They had not the same job but similar jobs. Lewis worked as a security guard and Springer was a deputy sheriff. <sighs>
0: Yeah, yes, I'd say similar fields.
1: Relatively similar.
0: Security, law um, enforcement.
1: So yeah, they discover they're talking together and they discover all these crazy things. And I don't know how this came into like the public eye, because I don't really think they've benefited from it a whole lot. But in any case, this story becomes quite famous.
0: I, I would try to milk that. Like, yeah. I would write a book... If I, mean, I I'm was not the sure brothers. they have Well, like, And, like, I, you know, you, you make that and it's just talking about the similarities. And then you in the book you have meetings of, like, mathematicians and other experts and psychologists. Mm-hmm. And make a whole thing about how unlikely it is for these events to occur. Like, the mathematician could be like, it's a 1 in 15 billion chance. And the psychologist could be like, some of these trends are understandable. The others make no sense. Like, you could do yeah. a whole thing on that. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm kind of getting into that. That was a good segue. So basically, because this case became famous for whatever reason, I don't know if they consulted a doctor who then kind of made the story public or something, but scientists have obviously considered these twins to be very, very, very valuable for a twin study. Yeah. Because a lot of twins grow up together in the same household.
0: But these guys have separate environments.
1: For 39 years. Yeah. That's a long time.
0: What's that old debate, nature versus nurture? They I'm have getting same... to that.
1: Don't go too fast.
0: I don't even know where you're headed. I can't. Yes, go... you
1: do. You literally I... just said it. Well, I, I, I just slow down. Slow. Let me get there. No. Are you done? Yes. So they're considered valuable for obvious reasons. Doctor, a Doctor Thomas Bouchard. Uh, University of Minnesota, I guess, is someone who started to really want to do tests and see what was really going on and, and see what they could glean about the whole debate that you mentioned.
0: Nature versus nurture. Yes.
1: Um, and so he, he did, oh, he looked at their medical histories and did brainwave tests that were together, basically identical. Medi- medical history basically identical, which that doesn't surprise me. They're twins. Um, brainwave tests—that to me is a bit less explainable.
0: Yeah, for and for those of you who don't aren't quite familiar with the nature versus nurture argument, it's largely used, um, like we use it a lot in childcare. When you're kind of looking at it from that aspect, the idea is yeah. like, are you the person you are because you're born that way? Like, there's a genetic component to it, or is how you are raised. More important. Most people agree it's a balance. Yeah. That's kind of like the nature, how you're born versus your nurture, which plays a more significant role mm-hmm. in building the person you are. Like, you know, you can be predisposed to, like, heart attack or medical conditions or even, like, smoking. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it could there could be something like that in your genes. Or if you grow in a, up in a household that emph- emphasizes that stuff or other stuff, you can move towards it or away from it. So that's just kind of like the, the debate.
1: Yeah. And in the case of these two for people who I mean, I'd like to think the scientists who are doing the studies and stuff are relatively unbiased Yeah. Um, and basically with the medical histories, brainwave tests and personality tests also all three being pretty much identical um, that kind of you know, would make this case look very much like a nature um, yeah situation which would show that them leading separate lives and being raised by different people has had virtually no effect on them in terms of personality or their you know their physical traits or any of that that it has basically all just been determined from birth
0: again god copy pasted so what happened <laughs> is they had one baby in the womb he had his whole life planned out and then he realized oh crap there's a second baby in there This is like looking around, you know, the room, the cloudy room. It's like, screw it, and then just copy-paste it onto the second (laughs) child.
1: I've run out of pre-programmed personalities. Shit. My shelf's empty. (laughs) Frig, what do I do?
0: Drag and copy. Done. Ship it out.
1: There you go. Anyways, so cases like this one obviously go on to influence a lot of nature and nurture theories. So is it hereditary? Is it environmental factors? What shapes you physically, what shapes your brain, yada, yada. Um, and as you mentioned, for most people, um, it's usually considered to be both. Yeah. And I remember a very specific experiment that we saw in our psychology, like a, a, a child's brain and the development of the brain. And it was about the whole nature and nurture debate. And it had something to do with mice. 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 It was something to do with mice and like obesity. Or mice and depression or something?
0: I'm pulling You don't remember that? I I don't.
1: Because it proved that it was both. Because if they had, like, a parent who suffered from something, whether it be depression or obesity or something, and then they took the the baby mice away from the parent and put them in a, let's say, environment with a mother who either wasn't... You know what I'm saying? I I get what Um, you're saying. So if you take if they have the genetic factor but you put them in a environment that might lessen those factors yeah. then it it improves and then if they also have a on the other hand sorry if they have a parent who ha, is like healthy but they're put in an unhealthy environment then it yeah it, it changes but it's like they they did it with those two different control groups right
0: I've always thought of it like...
1: So you saw a difference.
0: When you're born, you start life with a toolbox. And everyone has a different size, a different shape, a different color. Everyone has different tools inside of it. Like, I myself have a a toolbox that has a history book. That's just my special thing. I don't have a hammer in my toolbox. Because I can't fix shit. (laughs) I'm not a handyman, right? But if I grew up in a household where... You know, my dad was a handyman. There's a chance I might, you know, get a little hammer put in my toolbox. Yeah. There's a chance that the books might come out if that part isn't, right? you know, nurtured.
1: Yeah. So. Right? You have being, something
0: you start with, but it can change depending on...
1: Yeah, so the basic results of the experiment, from what I remember, are that the... The mice who were, like, the healthiest are the ones who came from a good environment and grew up in a good environment. Yeah. The ones who came from a bad environment but grew up in a good environment did, like, the middle ground. Same with the mice who grew up in a bad environment but were put in a good environment. Yeah. There's, like, the two different ones. Mix and match. And those good are the middle the ground Good to ones. bad
0: to bad to good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And those those ones didn't do as well as the first group, but they did somewhat better, because they had something good going for them. Yeah. And then the worst group, obviously, is the ones that they had a bad, you know, the bad genetics, and then they grew up in a bad environment as well.
0: Feels, ba- feels bad, man. Yeah, feels bad. Feels bad.
1: Anyway, so that's my basic rundown of this experiment that hopefully I didn't make too confusing for you, but it basically proves that it's both nature and nurture, that you can't just say it's one or the other. Yeah. So in any case, people were like, well, then what's up with this case? Why does it seem to be leaning really strongly towards the one side? And then you have the far-out thinkers who are like, oh, this is proof of um, a twin telepathic connection and all this stuff. And then you're getting into some really weird, you know...
0: Twin sense. Twin
1: sense. I mean, I'm not going to say definitively no, because we don't have any proof that it's not the case, but, you know.
0: I... You know. I'm skeptical of that. I'm one of those, like, if you look at data on a chart, you will always have outliers. Yeah. Like, data points that are so far off to one side that it's, it's honestly just a super rare occurrence and is not... It's not indicative of the general trend. Mm-hmm. I think these people, I think that they just happen to have a really yeah. weird bunch of coincidences. It's mm-hmm. super neat.
1: It's very cool.
0: Statistically it's probably near impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think this means that like they're secretly like influencing each other subconsciously or that your no, environment like, has no effect on you, who you are, your You're destined to be a certain way. But it is a really neat story. It's a
1: neat story. Especially since the one twin spent 39 years believing his twin was dead. That's the kicker, too. That'd be hard. That'd be really hard.
0: That'd be like if, if you found out tomorrow that you had another brother or another sister.
1: Yeah, that'd be... I mean, depends on the situation. It could be really cool. Because I've heard a lot of stories from people who their parents were in multiple relationships. Like they got divorced early yeah. and they've moved on or whatever. Um, and then they find out they have a half-sister somewhere. And they get to meet that half-sister later in life. I, I don't think that'd be so bad. My dad sounds cool.
0: always used to joke when I was a kid and I was getting out of trouble. His way of making me behave was to tell me that if I wasn't going to listen to he would put me up in the attic with my other brother. And my other brother's name was Billy Bob Mulcahy. Oh. Okay. I was I was four at the time, so I'm gonna now gonna find out a few years down the line that I actually do have a secret brother named Billy Bob.
1: Oh lord.
0: So that that'd be the equivalent. That You're sounds
1: like, like that episode of The Simpsons with the evil bart.
0: Evil Exactly. But I'm the evil one.
1: Okay. That's that's an interesting parenting uh, strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I wanna get to the end of this because so my whole point was that this case leans so far to one side, which is nature instead yeah. of nurture, right? Well, I actually have a case that you might remember from our psychology class um, that is the opposite of this case. So this was a documentary film called Twin Sisters.
0: The name Starting to familiar. come back.
1: Yeah. Uh, t- so Chinese twins named Mia and Alexandra. Okay. And they don't know that they even have a twin until adulthood because of the way this program worked it was a very private adoption program yeah. very different from the, the Jim slash James situation so um, the parents remembered the, the only reason they found out later in life is because the parents remembered when they went to the place wherever the adoption was happening they remembered seeing another couple with a baby who looked just like their baby and who was dressed the same way as well which they found very odd. Yeah. And they exchanged information, but they did end up just kind of going their separate ways. And in the case of the Jim James folk, who grew up only 40 miles apart, these twins, one was raised in America, and the other was raised all the way over in Norway.
0: So a little bit more than 40. A
1: little bit, yeah.
0: Maybe like 50 miles. Yeah. You know?
1: So... With the the Jim and Jim case, they grow up. They both grow up in the same area. The culture, I would say, is pretty much the same, right?
0: Yeah, only forty miles. You're not gonna have a huge not like. Generally. Don't get me wrong. Depending on where you are, like five blocks can mean a huge thing. But I suppose, generally speaking. Generally
1: speaking, I'm yeah. not trying to sound like you know. No, no, I, I know I'm
0: just clarifying. But here. yeah.
1: Yeah, like generally speaking, they both grow up in America, let's say. Yeah. Whereas here you have an American culture, an American family, and then you have a Norway culture, a Norway family, which I don't know a ton about Norway, but I just think that those lifestyle differences could have contributed to why this case is so uh, different. So basically, this case is the opposite, right? You have the one who's raised in America who is living the princess bustling life. You know, like relatively well off family um, goes to a lot of extracurricular activities, that kind of thing. Okay, you know, like the schedule where it's like I have, you know, I don't re- remember specifically what she does, but let's just say like piano lessons, swimming lessons. Yeah, and, you know,
0: finish my AP bio homework, <laughs> you and know, whatever. Like, well, yeah,
1: whatever it is. So that type of life, and then the one who's raised in Norway. It's like the farm life. Like they're in the middle of nowhere in this nice little cabin house. You know, she's finding grass and making them her pet. And it's just (laughs) like this calm, adventurous, not afraid of dirt or bugs situation. Which is completely different.
0: Completely different, yeah.
1: So obviously, when the parents finally decide to get in touch with one another all those years later, I forget how old they were. I think that they were nine or so the very first time they met and they met several times throughout their lives because it's obviously expensive to do all that traveling. Yeah. But I think they took turns so one like the Norway family would come to America the first time and then years later the American family would go to Norway. Um and it was a very neat documentary. But the point being was that they they look and act alike in certain ways yeah. these twins. But what the documentary really tried to do is emphasize their differences. To show that nurture and environment do have a role. Yeah. In how they're shaped as these, people.
0: These kids were basically born with the same genetic template. Yeah. But yeah. it's like uh it's like you're working on it upstairs. It's a it's one of those paintings where you match the colors with like numbers in your thing. It's like they, they both have the <laughs> same portrait. But they were colored in very different ways. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Very different schemes. Yeah.
1: So anyways, I just wanted to present that kind of opposing case because I thought that was pretty interesting. But what do we think about the the Jim and Jim case and how freaky that is?
0: It's conceivable. It's just really messed up. Yeah. Like... Yeah. I don't know what the statistical probabilities... Of all these things are like being named James, I don't know, maybe like one in a hundred. James is a pretty common name. Mm-hmm. Getting divorced is like what, 40% chance now? Yeah. Right? That you're going to get divorced. Same with like Betty and Linda. They're, they're relatively common names. But, and same with even the kids' name, Alan. But all it's of James those. James James. Okay, that makes it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. But all of those things happening turns it like it's conceivable, but it's like. Holy crap.
1: The coincidences. I'd,
0: I'd love to see, like, the numbers on this. Like, have someone break have it down and be like, this really is a one in a, you know.
1: Yeah, actually do it and figure out how improbable it is. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Anyways, uh, so it was a, a bit less of, like, a narrative today. as You know, a bit more of a examination, I guess, of the yes. case. Yeah. But I just thought it was really interesting and crazy how quinky-dinky it is. Very um, So, hopefully I'll have maybe a bit more story-driven, narrative-driven one for next week. Because, like I said, I'm reading my last plans, so I have no idea what's going to happen next week. We don't but, know the future. Yeah, that'll make it maybe an extra level of exciting on top of Season 1, where I literally had the whole season figured out. So
0: Yeah, you had it planned before, I think you, were, you had done like five episodes before we recorded the first one. Yeah.
1: Round. Yeah, so, least, so, now
0: we're flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be great. It'll
0: be fun. And it will be a good story to share next time. On Inconceivable.
1: See you later.
0: Have a good one. Bye.
1: You know what I didn't realize? Every time I say see you later, that doesn't make sense.
0: Why? Because can't a podcast. see podcast. I mean, they, you know. And they could, can't see us. We could describe... Well, we look like, like, you have a face.
1: No, but we just, we need a better outro. Like, be listened by you later.
0: Be listened by you, that's what you want is your (laughs) outro? Be listened by you later. Be hearing our voices
1: at a different time. Well, um, I don't know. We need a better outro than see you later. That doesn't make sense.
0: Uh... I don't know be inconceivable with us? No. I want to find something stupid cheesy. I want it to be something like, it would be super conceivable for you to join us next okay. time. And then just cry deeply, because that is such a horrible thing to end it with.
1: Okay, I just have to say how uh, jealous I am of Drink Drunk Dead, because their whole thing... Is that they have their different drinks every episode. They start yes. off the episode with telling, talking about what they're drinking, and their followers are called spirits, because spirits mean both alcohol, but they also are paranormal, which is what the podcast is. It's paranormal. And at the end of every episode, they say, "Let's raise a toast to our ghosts," which is the best outro ever.
0: We'll brainstorm. We
1: need something cool.
0: We'll brainstorm. Got it. There will be a Deal.
1: storm of brains.